Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Integrated Interventions Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler C., and today on the show, we're sitting down with the Integrated Interventions Director of Operations, Mr. Corey Kuheana, and Julie Lane, one of our marketing team members and mentors, to speak about healthy coping skills and therapeutic lifestyle changes. Let's get into it. So today on the podcast, we are talking about hobbies, coping skills, and therapeutic lifestyle changes that our students will learn and that we all use in times of stress and anxiety. Today on the show, I have with me Mr. Corey. And Corey, I'm going to go ahead and let you say your... I was practicing it yesterday because you said it out loud, but I'm going to let you say your last name so I don't butcher it. Out of respect, good sir. My last name is Kuheyana. See, I, you know, <laughs> as a person with a very simple last name, but that is all the time confused with something other some other random word i didn't want to disrespect you in that way i appreciate that (laughs) and uh so Corey is our um now it's changed yeah your actual title title now is director of operations yeah so this will be like the the first like wow this is this is the guy that's right (laughs) so welcome world to Corey. um so Corey, uh can you go through real quick your background we also have julie lane with us hello um and we'll speak to both of their backgrounds here just a second but Corey, can you break down um, your background and how you got into this field yeah so um i probably have always had a passion for helping people out, whether it's just in my personal life or how it went. I was probably that one friend that would would be there for an individual, uh, and I I kind of hated it, but it was just this obligation to help whatever friend was in need, whether I was close with them or not. Um, and so that kind of was just the natural state of being, um, and that's probably a little bit because I moved all over there the place uh, growing up in the military. But um, I think the first like job that I was exposed to uh, was working with juvenile detention kids uh, in Spokane and helping them be part of a community service project where they would uh, meet at like the YMCA. Um, I want to say the program was called Loaves and Fishes, mm-hmm. but it was basically just taking these people who had done some messed up stuff, whether it was stealing or, you know, some kids had their own chop shop. Um, you know, some of them, the crimes varied in intensity, but the whole point was to uh, kind of build a relationship with them and then uh, go throughout the community and help them make other people's lives easier or better. Uh, so that was probably the first go I had at at helping um, helping people out with uh, the things that they've been going through. And then that kind of grew more actually when I traveled and did music um, and just meeting people after shows and seeing how messed up most of the people that listened uh, to the music that I was playing or other people's music and they were super lonely, depressed, um, you had suicide, uh, extreme drug abuse and, you know, any, anything in between. Um, and so that actually ended up really inspiring me to want to get into mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I worked in, uh, the first residential treatment center I worked in, that definitely, you know, just kind of sealed the deal that that was something that I was drawn to and, and meant to do in my life. Uh, and so after going through 
the, the ringer there and being a program manager of a transitional and aftercare program, um, that's definitely, you know, what I ended up saying, at least this is what I want to do for a time. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of how I got to integrated interventions. Cool. Cool. Now, Julie, um, what about you? So Julie is our, uh, she's one of our mentors, one of our, um, uh, reigning in se- seniority men- mentors. <laughs> how did you say that? Uh, yeah. It's really cool to see um, how students react to a lot of our mentors. And Julie has yes. this place in some of our mentors' heart where it's just interesting. We, yes, we have been through some things, yeah. thick and thin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but Julie also does a lot of our social media work, um, which is, again, a, a point we want to touch because we know that not only our students, but our society is fixated mm-hmm. on social media. And it's very easy to just, like, hone in on and uh, hyper-focus on what's going on in the world that's not your own. Mm-hmm. So, But in regards to the mental health field, Julie, how did you get into the field? Uh, well, for me, my career started about about 10 years ago is when I was really directly um, involved working as a direct care staff and also for a men- as a mentor for another program. Mm-hmm. And I initially got into it because I had, uh, at the time I was in my uh, earlier 20s, and some of my peers were psychology majors, also had worked for um, uh, other companies working with uh, children, young adults, people that were just struggling to manage their lives. Mm-hmm. And the more and more that I spoke with them and just gaining interest, um, I thought, hey, why not get into the wild world of mental health care? Mm-hmm. And it's been super rewarding. Um, I took a break for a really long time. Um, myself, I have a pretty, um, pretty like spread out career as far as I've had to do lots of different things. I've had lots of different interests that I have pursued over time. Um, my degree, I have a, a communications degree in media studies from University of Portland. And kind of like Corey, I've always been a person with a pretty open heart and mind I always had uh, was a part of lots of different um, diverse friend groups, and but always like stayed out of drama, pretty diplomatic, um, and it just seemed seemed like a good fit. So after doing a bunch of different things and moving to different bigger cities, uh, came back to North Idaho, got reconnected with um, our owner, um, our owners and CEO, and yeah, rejoined or joined the team. Yeah, it's been. Very rewarding. We definitely got to uh, shout out Terry and Angela. They are mm-hmm. um, they, they have yes. a very good way about them when when it comes to hiring people. Um, I feel like they see uh, what people bring to the table. Um, sometimes a little unorthodox, but at the same time, like they really see people for what they bring, um, for their hobbies, for their um, interests. And then when you get in here as a team, as as a, as a team member. Uh, they really encourage you to use that both with our students and with the company. It's I think mm. everybody in this room can say that um, at one point Terry has found out about a talent that they had and said, okay, do you want to and how can you run with this gift or yeah. talent? And then how can you expose the students to that gift or talent? Yeah, I think he invests, him and Angela both invest in people and mm. they have a natural eye to see um, people who are talented but also that have a certain level of commitment and are invested in 
helping people change. And mm -hmm. I think that's uh, a quality and something that they do that not a whole lot of other places actually end up doing because I think it's rare that you you get to be as close or in-depth with your staff um, like in a healthy and appropriate way, not like mm -hmm. a, I want to know everything you do in your lives, but you know who you are as a person because I think they see how that directly affects um, the students that you interact with and the positive benefits of being able to share those parts of yourselves. So Yeah, it definitely speaks to the one-on-one -on -one mentoring aspect that Integrated in Interventions promotes. Um, like having that, especially coming from a program before I worked at Inter Integrated Interventions, um, where you're in a house full of students, um, there's a bunch of stuff going on, and so you don't really get that one-on-one -on -one time. And to come to a program that is um, the the model, I mean, we have the lake house now, where it's uh, more of a transitional style house that Chris talked about on the last episode. But even in that regard, um, we still it's pretty much one-on-one, -on -one. Um, and to be able to spend time with a, an expended an extended period of time with a student and actually walk them through either what they like to do or showing them something new that, that you like to do is a real, uh, it's a real new experience for me, I would say. I mean, I, mm. I kind of got that a little bit at the last program that I was at, um, but not as much as I get here. Like to be able to take a kid and say, hey, let's sit down and let me teach you how to do a podcast. Like let's, let's break down the steps. And if you want to do a podcast about hockey, well, you need to do some research on what happened in the hockey world because you love hockey. But, yeah. but what other ways can you um, use that love and, and run with it? Well, that and it's it's uh, I don't want it's like a more realistic approach mm -hmm. um, to helping other humans because it's exactly what people who aren't in this setting are doing with their their group, their tribe, their circle of people yeah. is there walking alongside them saying like, hey, I got you. They may not know what to say or what to do or, you know, exactly how to help, but they're going um, out of their way to walk out life in, in those people's situations with them, which is, you know, basically what we end up doing here. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. straight mentoring. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things about the program um, is that it is one-on-one -on -one because you get a lot of um, different responses from your students that way. Mm -hmm. um, I had found some of the feedback um, from students is that almost with having one-on-one, -on -one, they're not so much used to being um, totally responsible for their own uh, uh, self and happiness. And like, if I can re rephrase that more, when a student is more isolated, they're then having to like figure out what it is that they like about themselves, mm -hmm. what their interests are. Um, because in like the other groups and things, it's really easy for students to piggyback on another student or get lost in the crowd, mm -hmm. just kind of go with the flow. So with the one-on-one -on -one, um, aspect, they do definitely see a lot of um, growth and reflection within the students. Yeah, most definitely. To learn more about Integrated Interventions, feel free to visit us on our website at integratedinterventionsllc.com. You can also give us a call during the day at 208-651-0095.
or reach us via email at integratedterry, that's T-E-R-R-Y, at gmail.com. Let's get back into the show. All right, so getting back into it, uh, one of the things that we mentioned before was this idea of, uh, or I should say the realm of social media, and and Julie as our resident social media expert, (laughs) (laughs) aficionado, (laughs) um, it's very easy in this day and age, I think we all know it's very easy to spend four hours just swiping through social media and that that sounds intense like nobody and every one of us who's listening to this knows that it's very easy (laughs) to get lost in the vortex of instagram instagram swiping or facebook video swiping or whatever that looks like or even like posting and hyper focusing on having the most perfect picture to post and all of that stuff so um julie one of the things that i i love that our students get to experience especially with you is just the idea Um, that there is balance in that and having to have balance in that. And one of the things when you first came onto the team, onto our marketing team in regards to social media was the way that you um, just balanced that in your own life. Um, But could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. um, So I have been working on um, social media accounts for a few uh, small businesses. And through doing that, I learned a lot of um, lessons and just had some like some takeaways with it because as someone that also just enjoys, um, social media for my own benefit, you know, I'm big with Instagram. I love photography. I love following other artists, musicians. I get a lot of inspiration. Um, and it's, you know, something that I truly enjoy Facebook, not as much. It's Mm -hmm. just, uh, I'm just more of a picture person to be honest. Um, but, um, what I found the more and more time that I was spending online is how, how fast time goes for one. I don't think people really can realize like their screen time. It's nice now that, you know, a lot of our phones will track it for you and mine with my last update, it will just tell me without me even wanting to know how many hours I spent on screen. Mm -hmm. And it was startling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad mine doesn't do that. I just want to throw that out there. I'm sure my wife wishes mine like had like a big flasher. Have you been on for four hours? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it does not. And I'm okay. Yeah. I almost found too, like, and maybe it's just me. Like you almost feel like your eyes changing. Like the longer that you spend on, it's like you go into this like glaze and it's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) When you stop, it's literally like this, like, wait, it's like, like 2 30 the next day i don't know what's going on and just being like self-aware to like click that off you know like Mm -hmm. oh i just went into that other phase um and uh yeah you just gotta gotta squash that but i mean but that takes uh self-control and um you know and god forbid you're waiting for someone to respond to a post that you put up or um messages and things like that it has such a highly addictive properties to it mm-hmm. um that can be you know yeah hard, hard to shut off but um something i found was um just putting up like boundaries with how much time i was willing to invest and i worked for one company that we were a startup and none of us had ever done it before we were all very green and learning together uh we found you know how much we were overthinking things and no one's really thinking about you 
um, in the same way that you are, you mm-hmm. know, and it, and that's healthy to understand that, um, you know, it makes you also realize that, you know, people are living their own lives and it's not all about you. Which is huge for our students because a lot of times we'll see whether it be like the the um, hypersensitivity dysphoria of ADHD, whether it be like anxiety, well, social anxiety, there's this, not necessarily like narcissistic, but like there is this like um, mindset that everything that's going on has to do with how people see me and people are looking at me and people, you know, I think we've, we've, we've both dealt with students who um, literally thought that if when they walk down the street, every car is looking at how they look and it's, you know, that idea that it's, it's all, it's a real thing. Everything's about me. Everybody's looking at me. I can't go out dressed a certain way because everybody is looking at me. Yeah. And it's not narcissistic mm-hmm. in the stereotypical sense of like, you're doing that for the attention and you mm-hmm. want to be that way. It's just for some reason, you know, the, the microscope or the magnifying glasses over your life and everybody, you know, needs to you know have this desire to look at it you know obviously Mm -hmm. that's irrational but um yeah many people who just struggle to uh, view themselves or try to be able to put themselves in a position uh to realize that nobody like they'll never be able to see themselves the way other people view them Mm. um and so being able to cope with that i think is pretty tough when when that's all they focus on is how how am I coming across? How am I presenting? Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably one of the dangers of social media is that it can vastly suck you into a position where you're only worried about yourself. And on the opposite side of that, though, it does expose you to what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. as well. But you can take that one direction or another. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of end up living in a virtual world. Um, the more, you know, when I see students that are super involved within their Snapchats, Facebook, Instagram, um, using filters. And uh, it's just a distorted reality that they're spending more and more time being comfortable in. Um, I was reading an article about plastic surgeons and how many um, young women are coming in with their Snapchat filters and asking for those kinds of results. Yeah. And uh, it's just heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. It's, that, that's the thing too. It's, it's funny how, how it's kind of changed at least from uh, the era of time where I remember, you know, it's being preached to be yourself, mm-hmm. to be comfortable with who you are and exactly the way you look to now it's you know i want this i want to be what i've seen you know and what i think is beautiful and fascinating so it's definitely different yeah so um julie in that regard when when you came on to the um social media scene for integrated interventions Mm -hmm. um one of the things that you said was uh, or one of the things that you like not preached because that sounds like you were like yelling at us but <laughs> one of the On ideas yeah. that you promoted was was just balance can you speak to that a little bit like like what does that balance look like for you and what do you think it should look like even even like how do you how do you because we now have a student who we all work with who has their phone it's the first time that they've had their phone in a while and I think we've all seen students get their phone and then their focus a hundred percent goes to all of that stuff, but can you speak to that balance a little bit more of, of what that looks like for you, but, and then also how do you teach that to our students? Yeah, um, I found that um, 
like I said, it is a big, um, it's like a bunch of little energy vampires all on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it does, um, you know, it does suck you in. And um, with the balance of it, I just had to learn how to detach. Mm. Um, Stop being, you know, because you kind of get, you can get obsessed with your phone um, or computer and being able to uh, recognize, you know, the damage that, sh- that you have put up. But yeah, um, putting up boundaries, time limits, um, you know, and even just being careful about like other things that I'm following, you know, mm-hmm. are, am I following like healthy people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's my takeaway? Like as far as, uh, um, influencers that make me feel good about myself or worse about myself. Um, you know, people that I'm talking to wanting to get sucked into the people's drama, but, um, really with students, I'm just trying to teach them that they have to separate. Yeah. Um, it's easy to, yeah, fall into the trap and, uh, and stay there, but, uh, to slowly break away and get back to reality. Mm. Well, that like, even one of the things that you said, like really speaks to what our students have to really understand. And even like us as people, our parents or whoever is listening to this, you have to understand that like the things that you feed into your mind, like that stuff's going to come out. So if you're following somebody who, um, is, is promoting drug use, or if you're following somebody who's promoting a lifestyle that you don't really believe in, um, you're being influenced by that. And I think, I think the same, we see the same thing when it comes to music in our students. If a student is struggling uh, with substance abuse, but all of their music has to do with substance abuse, it's going to be pretty hard for that kid to like really come out in a holistic way. Um, Corey, have, how, have you, how have you seen that play out? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a big believer in, of of what you put into your mind repeatedly is, is in some way, shape, or form going to affect you mm-hmm. um, in a negative or positive way. So uh, with a lot of the students pertaining to music, I mean, nowadays it is pretty pretty vulgar, uh, pretty, uh, you know, the content of what they're discussing and what they're promoting tends to be substance abuse or yeah, a lot of the music now even is just this hopeless, depressing void of emotions that mm-hmm. doesn't have a solution and it doesn't have an answer of how to get out of those things. And I think it, we've moved away from preaching about, you know, uh, your experience and then, you know, holding on just to this is, this is it. This is depression. This is mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I, I definitely see, um, at least with the, within some of the students that I've worked with, that it's done nothing positive for them. It's kept them in that mindset. It's reinforced that mindset because it's what's trendy right now. Um, so when you get a chance to make uh, music like I do with some of the students, um, and that converts from this unhealthy fixation with this, you know, whatever subculture it is, um, to let me express what I'm going through and what I've been through, you know, and, and tell my story. But, you know, at the same time, be very honest with myself that I don't want to be here and to keep pushing yourself to uh, 
to say those things and to reinforce it within your own mind that that's not what I want to be doing. I don't want to deal with this. And, and one student in particular is, is uh, really amazed me with how they've sort of separated themselves from that type of content. Mm. Um, and we've seen improvement with that, with that outlet of being able to say, Hey, I've been through some of this, but you know, inside of that is some little desperate plea to not be a part of that anymore. And to see how, they're basically uh, fertilizing their own mind with positivity yeah. versus, you know, just the same old hopeless sort of, you know, storyline that a lot of the music people listen to today encourage. Yeah, I think, I think <clears throat> with, this, with some students, we've all been shocked at when, when they've given us the ability to, like, read the content of their artwork um, I think to a certain degree we've been shocked at like wait why? oh yes yeah I mm-hmm. mean you know you you're shocked because we we see the student struggling but we sometimes don't see um, what we don't see the positive side sometimes and then when when a student is using art to get that positivity out um, I mean really that's the only way I can put it is it's it's shocking sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how have you all seen that? Um, that was a, a fond memory for me as a mentor, um, you know, working with students that on the outward are angry, um, you know, often disrespectful, uh, you know, whether it's to you or to talking about other staff, their parents, their siblings, their friends. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they're showing you something that they've created in their true self that exhibits growth, and um and overcoming you know their uh their challenges it's one of the best feelings as a mentor you know where you it's like wow like they are actually aside from how they're presenting like yeah. changing and, and growing and that's that's what we're here for and that's what our program is about and um that's what keeps me a happy mentor you know yeah. <laughs> shout out to the therapeutic lifestyle changes yeah. yes, though 100%. because that's that's exactly what, at least for music, and, and Julie can definitely speak to the the art aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know, for for me, music touches on um, there's there's like eight eight ways of you know well being or or changes in your life um, and factors that can help you out, uh, figure some stuff out, um, or just grow as a person. And some of those things are spirituality, um, recreation. Um, but you know a certain mindfulness and i think music and art really play on on those aspects um you know when you really get down to a core of something within yourself that you get to express and put out there you know and sometimes the best parts of you you're pulling out these little gems in people when you get to work with them mm-hmm. on that and it's not of the mess or the the struggle or the the what you're seeing i guess on the surface level it's really who they are so when you expose them to more of who they are and they get to see that on paper or a canvas or in a recording and listen to themselves, I think that also reinforces, you know, that healthy balance, but also just reinforces the positive aspects of who they are and they get to, to see that and interact with it. So I think that's what really really makes a difference when it comes to things like music and art Mm -hmm. that so easily get cast aside as a a coping skill or you know something like that which it is it's just 
you know, to me, it, it touches on a deeper level. Mm, um, especially when they get praised for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that feeling of accomplishment and recognition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of our students might thrive, well, thrive on attention, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having positive attention is... Um, is way different. <laughs> yeah, well, even even yeah. like the idea that we're, um, you know, when when we teach a student something that is really has helped us personally, it's a whole different thing than like I'm I'm not a wood craftsman, but a big part of our job is teaching kids work ethic, and a lot of times that looks like getting in the workshop, getting it. Shout out Chicken Chaser Farms, you know, <laughs> um, getting in the wood shop and, and making things with the wood. Um, that's different for me than saying, hey, let's sit down and like write down your ideas for a podcast. And then when that kid, when that student, I always say kid, when that young adult actually like goes and does that thing, when we go and we go out and take pictures, when I can teach a student how to take pictures or how to set up sound equipment or how to set up video equipment and they actually love it and they do it. That's a whole nother thing. They actually take it on and it becomes their own thing. It's a whole nother side of the beauty of mentoring. Um, I think, I feel like, Julie, you might have experienced that even with, with the, the paint side of things. Can you speak a little bit to um, maybe like a paint project that you have, have done out there at the farm? Uh, yeah, so I had um, looked at doing uh, acrylic paint pouring. Mm-hmm. And it was a process that I had never done before um, to myself, but um, I yeah, didn't know how to do it supplies wise, just, um, yeah, yeah, just didn't know, but it sounded interesting. So I had had one of my students, um, do some research with me. We watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, this particular student is not what, um, self-acclaimed to hate arts and crafts and not mm. be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as, you know, it was a lot more like hands-on and there was, even, you know, a blowtorch involved, it became a lot more <laughs> exciting and, you know, to, uh, watch the movement in the paint, um, and, and to be relaxed, um, in, in the process and, um, getting into the, like that flow state, you know, that you get into when you are practicing a hobby of, mm-hmm. um, of your liking, um, uh, and seeing, you know, their face like light up and that we also like did it together. Um, that it was a trial and error. You know, we had set up different canvases and did different types of processes mm-hmm. and found what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's probably the coolest component because I did not know that you yeah. did not <laughs> ever do that before. Yeah. And so totally that moment, yeah, yeah. but that totally is is what I love about the direct mentoring aspect is in the relationship that gets built is because you didn't know what that was going to be like. You didn't know how you know, that was going to turn out or what it was, but you discovered something with the student, you know, and, and some of that too, I think for the students, the cool thing is to see that uh, the person they're working with does not know everything mm-hmm. and that you don't need to know everything. But, you know, if you invest time into something that you can make it work out. Um, and I think that's super cool because I definitely did not know because it looked pro. It looked oh, that, so yeah, cool that good. I wanted the art in my house. Yeah. So. Right. right. No, seriously, it did. It did. And just the, I mean, the joy of just kind of winging it too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our students can feel really um, self-conscious about you know, they might act like they know everything, but deep down they know that they do not. But that does 
um, you know, make them a little bit shy and that can come across in, in different ways. Sometimes a little even more aggressively, like, mm. you know, F this, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's stupid, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just coming from a point of, of not knowing. Um, so when we just, just wing it and try it out, it just kind of takes that, um, pressure away. Be like, I don't really know how to do this either. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's like we're cooking a meal together, I am not that great in the kitchen, but yeah. I try to cook with students as much as possible. Yeah. And, you know, we just figure it out as we go. Yeah. <laughs> to get a better idea of what the day-to-day student life looks like here at Integrated Interventions, feel free to follow us on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at Integrated Interventions, and you can also search for us on Facebook by just typing in Integrated Interventions. We'll have links to both our social media information and our contact information in the podcast show notes, so feel free to click the links to find out more about our program. said that even because we do um some of our staff meetings our staff trainings have been out there at the farm and he's like if you don't know how to do this tell the student you don't know how to do this and you guys are going to figure that out together it's cool to see that (coughs) promoted um, Mm -hmm. from the top ranks you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the idea that we have to make sure that these students know that we aren't like nobody's perfect Mm -hmm. you know what i mean nobody is out here just can do every little thing has every experience down and and under their belt, um, life is all about being exposed to stressors and those stress and you being able to build up um, muscle memory around those stressors so that you can take on even bigger stressors. One thing that I do want to talk about real fast, though, is um, you, you, you pointed out this and I had never heard of it before, but you, you called it you stress. Yeah, we oh. need to double check. Yeah. This. Yeah, I am we, terrible. We, yeah, it, yeah, it is you stress. Okay. Um, as far as uh, I looked up the phonetic reading of it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just many, or there's different stresses in our life stress, de stress, you stress. And um, I don't know if, Corey, you have that pulled up as far as. Yeah, it's. so the definition of you stress is moderate or normal psychological stress interpreted as being beneficial for the experiencer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that is I mean to a certain degree that is what we do as a program. Like mm-hmm. um, I was taught in my very first treatment program, this idea of a, a student comes in and we make their world as small as possible, and then we add stressors on top of their world so that they can grow to those stressors. And each time their world grows, you know that stress is going to grow. But then they we help them walk that out so they feel comfortable in that stress level. And then you grow their world a little bit more. And that growth might look like a cell phone might be a stressor. Um, going to school might be a stressor. And we all have to experience those things. Um, you know, if, if you want a degree, you have to do some of the basic core classes that you may not Yeah, like. and I think that's a good point to point out, you know, having, I guess, to speak to the, the parent side of it or the mm-hmm. guardian side of, of that when you experience sometimes in – in these types of places where, you know, you're not getting to see, you know, the person that you love and then you hear certain stressors that are being added to Mm -hmm. you, you know, you have this one uh, association or link to that, which is negative. Um, And I think 
people tend to, you know, like, oh, why are we doing this? It's never been successful before. Um, but that's where that mentoring piece comes in is you get to kind of bridge the gap of why that wasn't successful last time and mm -hmm. you get to bounce those things off and, and you still get that positive stress. Um, but somebody else is kind of yoked up with you mm. throughout that process where, you know, the burden's not as heavy. And then over time, you kind of just vanish out of the scene. They're doing it on their own before they know it. So yeah. it, mm -hmm. it is important, I think, to to be able to see that there is positive stress because that's definitely not something that uh, anybody talks about when they bring up the word stress yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah you won't, typically don't think about that. Um, and something I, I like to point out to students too, like when they are um, having having those moments where they're are stressed out, they're hating that their world has become small and out of their control. And I just bring up, you know, how far they have come. It's like you have grown so much it, with these environment changes. You know, you have to give yourself credit, and you have to like look back at how far you've come. Yeah. Like. You know, I know you're really mad at yourself right now, but I'm very proud. <laughs> well, and that's a, well, that's a that's a great place to end. Um, and and two, there's a whole other side of this that we're gonna speak to in our vlog. We wanted so there's a there's this wild and crazy guy named Shay who works here, <laughs> who we're gonna feature this month on both of our newsletter that's gonna come out and also our vlog. But he's gonna speak to more of the uh, whether it be. He's a he's a big time outdoors guy, um, and that's a big part of our program too. Is being able to teach our students hobbies in the outdoors. I mean, Quarter Lane is like a like ideal wonderland when it comes to the outdoors, yeah. and so we definitely want to speak to that. Um, but I think that's a good place to stop uh, to say that students are going to experience that stress, but our job as mentors is to help them through that stress, and then also help them gain hobbies and skills and or coping skills and therapeutic lifestyle changes and experiences that they can take throughout their life that will help not just take the stress away, but help them walk through that stress. So mm. guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for joining us again on the Integrated Interventions podcast. To learn more about Integrated Interventions, follow us on social media at Integrated Interventions or check us out on our website at integratedinterventionsllc.com. You can also learn more about Integrated Interventions on our new YouTube vlog by clicking on the link below or searching Integrated Interventions as a hashtag on YouTube. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time.